Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed and we are trying out a new tagline for the radio show. Ready? I don't think we've settled on one yet, but we are trying one out. I actually can't hear myself either. I'm ready. Okay. Um, McNamara on Money, educating the investors of the South Shore and the Merrimack Valley. Ah, so I don't please, know that, please explain. Yes, so um, we, I don't know that anyone has talked about this live on the air yet, but we did pick up, we're going to also be recording McNamara on, or excuse me, broadcasting McNamara on money um, in on 980 AM WCAP in Lowell starting in a couple of weeks. Tim, I don't even know if we told you this. I know. No, but I, well, I do uh, try and keep myself. No, actually, I found this out from your lovely McNamaraFinancial.com website. Oh, Looking love at it. the Listen and Learn calendar. Thank oh. you. And I was yeah. actually just going to talk about the new website. Yeah, so thank you for that. No, you're welcome. Um, yeah, that's a, this is a relatively new development. We have a second office location in Chelmsford, so in the Merrimack Valley, um, not too far from Lowell. And there is a um, talk radio station up there, 980 AM, and we um, just finalized a contract with them to start broadcasting McNamara on money at that station as well. We'll still be um, live on WATD, hopefully most of the time, be. but uh. we're going to be, we're also going to be, you know, rotating in some live broadcasts from Lowell as well. So we're, do, we're doing our best to manage. There's four of us now committed to um, to broadcasting live. So we're we're trying to manage all that, that the whole coordinating of the two shows, because they're both on Saturdays, but they're at different times on Saturdays. Um, has been a little bit of a logistical headache. But um, yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, we would have picked up the eight right. o'clock time <laughs> slot on that um, radio station as well so that we could broadcast live. Yeah, yep. simulcast. But that, as of right now, is not an issue and we didn't want to, or is not available. And um, we didn't want to change the time of this show because we've been at this time slot pretty yeah. much for yeah, 30 If you get a good thing, don't change yeah, it, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. So so that's very exciting for us. So we're, we're broadening our reach, which is great. And so now we'll have FM and AM. Um, and the entire spectrum. Yeah, covers. and so related to all of this, um, we did cut. We did develop a new website, McNamaraOnMoney.com, and so we decided that that's going to be the hub for all of our content. So we have, we're going to have our audio. You know, you can go there. You can um, download our podcasts. We are in the process. I think there's only one video up right now, but we're in the process of getting a lot of um, video content onto that website, and we have a lot of written articles on that site as well. So not only do we 
Um, do we do this radio show every week? But we have um, a lot of original written content by the advisors at our office. And so we have so much content and we have... Um, we wanted to just have like a central location for that and it made sense to just stick with McNamara on money because our whole um, goal here with the show is educating the inve- educating local investors. And so if you go to McNamaraOnMoney.com, you can see the details of, of both of the shows and you can also um, search for articles by topic. You can, um, there's a link to download or there's a link for our podcast if you miss past shows. And we're also going to have, we're going to be uploading a lot of video content there as well because people like to learn in different ways. Some people like to read. Some people want to watch a quick video. The videos will be really short. Um, Some people maybe on their commute into the city might want to um, listen to a podcast. So we have lots of ways for you to... um, listen to us. So check out McNamaraOnMoney.com. That obviously links back to our business as well. And our um, our main website is McNamaraFinancial.com. And we actually now have a, a second separate website for our second location in Chelmsford, which is McNamaraOfTheMerrimack.com. Um, so when, same, same when, business, second location. When does the new, the new radio start? Uh, August 17th. August 17th. Yeah. Okay. So that's our first show uh, on the Lowell station. And uh, so that's exciting for us. So McNamaraOnMoney.com, if anyone wants to learn a little bit more about that, when we're broadcasting in Lowell, we'll be at 10 a.m. So from 10 a.m. to noon um, on Saturdays. And so it's all, it's exciting for us. So, Um, all right. So I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. I'm joined this morning by my husband, Kirk Reed. And we are going to talk today about technology in the world of finance. Um, A passion of mine, actually. I've always, you know, for my entire uh, ten or my entire career, I've loved um, it researching, I guess, or or implementing technology solutions in our business. Um, which that topic in and of itself would be a little bit boring for our listeners, but we can touch a little bit on the technology that we use. But we also wanted to talk about technologies that are you know evolving technologies and things that are available for. Um, the you know investors as well and things that are out there and tools that you can use um, on your own or through an advisor and so I, I just I really like fintech uh, it's a hot, a hot button I don't know if hot button word is the right thing but but fintech is is really evolved in the last decade um, as well as t- I guess just technology in general in many different um, in many different ways and and not just financial but Um, So we just wanted to touch on that. I thought it would be kind of a fun show. So we have a bunch of different things we're going to chat about. If anyone has questions for us on this subject or on money in general, you can call the studio. We're we're here this morning, 781-837-4900. Also... As I w- thank you for, um, we, I just remembered we we, we, we got to get go in the ahead. habit of telling people what today is um, um, because it's going to start to get confusing. That's right. This morning is August third, Saturday, third. August third. We're live in Marshfield, twenty nineteen. That's right. You can call in seven eight one eight three seven forty nine hundred. We also na- now have a dedicated email for. McNamara on money questions. Oh, nice. Yeah, so because we're broadcasting in a couple of locations, we're going to try to be live as much as possible, but we won't always be. So um, if you can't call in and get your question answered right away, we do have now a dedicated inbox for questions and we can respond to you and we can answer them live on the air at the next opportunity. So you can email us anytime at questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. Isn't that easy to remember? Perfect. Questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. And I have that right on my phone so I can get those questions uh, real time. And um, you can always text 781-775-0116. So... I think speaking that's of technology. Speaking of technology. Know, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, you can actually go to the website to McNamaraOnMoney.com and you can submit a question right through there. And that goes right to that inbox. All right, so technology is many and varied in our world. Um, and again, I don't think we want to talk, I don't think we want to spend like too much time on technologies that we use because that's kind of boring for the average person. Um, but I wanted to talk, I guess, start with the one that's most commonly used and important to us and our clients. Um, and it's been around a long time, but it is evolving. And we've done lots of, of shows in the past on fin- the financial planning process. And we've used this technology 
live on air uh, and you know people and and actually we've done you know the live screen shares so people can kind of see this technology um the best way to see it is to is to come into the office and and see us you know working with the tool but um financial planning softwares have been around a long time but they are evolving new ones are coming out regularly and and they have evolved and so we just wanted to spend some time talking about that because it's not only is it an incredibly valuable tool for us as advisors in terms of being able to analyze a client's um, financial situation and and look forward and understand their goals and help us in you know and help them you know figure get on a path to attain those goals but it's also incredibly important to um, to our clients themselves and then they can you know they might know in their minds what their goals are and and you know sometimes people some people need to see something to believe it right um and it helps you know p- some people that have like maybe you know analytical minds or something and 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 they can hear us say you'll be fine in retirement your withdrawal rate is appropriate um but some people need to see it and so this is this tool is incredibly helpful in that regard and that we can you know spreadsheet things for them and and you know and show them all the data points you know that we have in the software and all the assumptions that we're making and they can see um you know how thing you know what the outcome is so i think that that's for a lot of people incredibly valuable um so there are lots of financial planning software tools out there I, you know there's what half a dozen or a dozen available to advisors alone and then you know i'm not aware of every single tool that you know available to the to an investor you know on the on the client side or the investor side but i know that there's a lot of um you know sort of basic financial planning tools that people can use on you know like an investment company's website for example they might have a financial planning um tool that you can use i know that some investment or or some um, financial institutions like that manage retirement plans for people and if you're like logging in to see your 401k you might be able to right there do some financial planning calculations so there are simplistic versions of the software and then there are really robust detailed versions of the software um, pros and cons for both um, go ahead Did you well i was just gonna say you know you know, the advancement of technology and finance, you know, used to be when people, you know, when advisors would do financial planning, you know, they didn't, some of the software didn't exist. And, you know, we've talked to some yeah. of those people, you know, probably, you know, your dad included and, you know, some of his, you know, um, you know, counterparts and, you know, basically they were using, you know, maybe Excel spreadsheets oh, yeah. yep. uh, or yep. maybe even doing it by hand and, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what, you know, what the future, pro- you know, pro- you know, future projected cash flows look like and, you know, I'm sure it, it just wasn't as robust and, you know, didn't, wasn't oh, able yeah. to analyze as many there, cause there are so many different moving pieces, you know, in a financial yeah. plan, as far as, you know, inflation and, you know, expenses going up, expenses going down, uh, you know, all the variables, you know, the variables and in investment returns and how do you put all that together? Um, and so that, you know, the softwares that are around these days are able to put all that together and, you know, make it, make it fairly easy to do that. Oh, and do calculations in milliseconds. Yeah. I can remember, so I started in this business 16 years ago, something like that, and I, and at the time, um, I can remember having a conversation with my father regarding, you know, he was kind of like, hey, there's this new technology, I don't know if you use the word technology, there's this new software available, and I know it's available, and, you know, this generational differences, right? It would have been a lot easier for me to, un, you know, start learning that software than him. And so when I joined the business, he said, I have a really great prod, you know, project for you. You need to grab some of the software and understand it. And we're going to start using it with clients. And, you know, so then, you know, it evolved, our business evolved from there and we started, you know, get, you know, uh, mastering the software and, and implementing it in our, in our work with our clients. And I can remember years later, asking him what what did you do before this software because the because this tool is so valuable to us and you know the number one question we get when clients walk in our offices am i on track for retirement can i re- i want to retire at this time can i do it and you know oftentimes we have our 
gut reactions. You know, we can, you know, quickly analyze the situation in our minds and have an inclination of whether or not this it's going to work out. But that, but the tool can answer it, not, you know, uh, not in an. Ex- you're still making assumptions. It's right. not. You know. It's, it's not. Still, there's still. You know, there's still the uncertainty of what the future may hold. Right. But it's our bet. You know, it's it's the best the best thing we have because yeah. we can we can make some you know, you know, input some conservative assumptions and and again it just you know blends everything together and you know it's thinking yeah. on so many different layers all at the same time and and integrating them. Yeah. Versus and it, somebody a human person just trying to put it together. And is, I guess it allows us as advisors to be really confident on another level in terms of are reassuring to clients that what they're doing is is going to work out for them long term. Of course, it all depends on how long they live and, you know, what the markets do and all these things. But it allows us to be confident to a much higher degree in our advice to our clients. And so I can remember saying to my father, you know, more way more than 10 years ago, what did you do before the software existed? Because I, you know, was at the point where we were, we just, we rely on it pretty heavily and not just this one. I mean, there's lots of different softwares, but um, you know, he he just was like pencil and paper, financial calculator. Mm-hmm. You know that, and that's and that's what it was 30 years ago, 20 even 20 years ago. Um, but you know, so we we right now use a software called Navaplan. I mean, I'm you know, there's lots of softwares. You know, people might have heard of eMoney or Money Guide Pro or what are, what are the other ones? Money Tree, Money Right Tree, Capital. Yeah. Um, there's there's at least there's at least ten eight or ten that are pretty big players in our industry in terms of it, softwares that advisors use, um, and you know we we've actually I I personally have used probably six of them okay. in my sixteen years, and some of them for longer periods of time than others, and some of them maybe just have been a thirty day trial, and then I, and then I didn't like it. Um, the current one that we use, we've used for got to be 10 years, um, a really, really long time. It's and I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and more comfortable in in my career or whatever, but I find myself, maybe the longer you use something and you build a comfort level with, I find myself a little bit more hesitant to change than I have in the past. Maybe that's just because I'm getting older. Well, but. I mean, we've looked at we've looked at some other ones and I mean, I... I'm, you know, I'm not a big proponent of change in general. Uh, I think for, that's just human for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I feel like, you know, obviously we're comfortable with this one because we've used it for so long. Yeah. But I, you know, when we when we have looked at other ones and we've compared them, we feel like this one, you know, is pretty. It's you know, it's well, it's very you know robust and mm-hmm. you know can do lots of things. And some of the other ones don't. They don't have that same feel. Uh, yeah. For whatever reason. Um. So I certainly feel like this one. Uh, does everything that we could ever need uh, and and more. And there, so when you, you know, if, when you go in and work with an advisor and they're putting together a retirement plan for you uh, or a, you know, formal written retirement plan, they're they're 99% of the time they're using a software to help them do that. Whether you see them using the software or not, they're using a software. And, And all that, like sort of the building blocks for these softwares are all the same, you know, in terms of the inputs you're giving them, you're giving them someone's level of income and amount of assets, and you're giving, you know, assumptions regarding rates of return on the money and inflation assumptions. And, you know, you're able to, you know, put in the value of real estate and, you know, model different things with regards to selling a home, buying a home, things like that. So like the building blocks of all these softwares are very similar. What differs is, um, how easy it is for the advisor to use, how easy it, how easy the reports are for the investor or the client to understand. Also, like what is the deliverable to the client? And advisors can kind of customize that. We we have very few deliverables because oftentimes those auto-generated reports are just too complicated and and it's too much, and we sort of simplify it for people. Um, but one thing that I found is that I, well, the advisor using the software, I need to know what the software is doing and how it's calculating different things. Because if you don't understand that, you can 
make false assumptions and you could put data in there incorrectly. And if you don't understand how the software is doing its calculations, then you can be doing things wrong. Um, so that's a little bit scary. So, you know, the advisor using the software really needs to understand how the software is working um, on the back end. And that takes time to understand that and, you know, and conversations with who is building the software and, you know, tutorials and things like that. Um, because you don't want the advisor to, to assume it's doing one thing and it's not, and then you're putting numbers in incorrectly and, and, it's, and it's not doing things correctly. And actually, I'll segue for a minute. That's what scares me about, about people using financial planning tools on their own. Because if they don't know how the software works and the assumptions the software's making and the calculations it, it's doing, they might misinterpret or enter things incorrectly and and sort of give themselves uh, maybe a false sense of security or the opposite, right? If they're not... I was um, just thinking about that. I mean, it's just like any other, you know, calculator or formula. You know, you always hear the saying, you know, garbage in, garbage out. And it's the same thing with these. Right. And if somebody is work, you know, somebody's trying to do it on their own or they're not experienced, they might not be putting the information in correctly and you know and we've obviously done it enough times that we know how to yeah you know we know it to make sure that it's it's going in correctly and even if a client gives us you know less than you know less than accurate information we know the questions to to go back to them and right. say okay this doesn't look right we you know we need to fix this and whereas somebody trying to do it on their own might not might not know that yeah so I you know I guess we don't, I don't want to harp on this too much right it, you know and, and I know that we've done shows on um on entirely on financial planning softwares in the past or our utilization of them. Um, but, you know, people should know that they're available. And when you, you know, the term financial planning is a very broad term, but the term financial plan implies like written recommendations for a client. And generally speaking, that is prepared with the advisor utilizing a, a financial planning software. Um, and so, you know, people should know that these are available and there's different types. And as long as the, the person you're working with is very comfortable using that software and can and knows how to model different things and is, you know, comfortable with the data inputs and, and knows, you know, how to how to produce the reports that someone is looking for, because also these softwares are, you know, there could be 50 or 100 outputs. And by outputs, I mean reports and different, that could be just graphs, like a one page yeah, charts, chart yep, spreadsheet reports, yeah. graph um and and again if you can't understand the outputs you're not doing your client any justice either you have to be able to understand what they want to see and and, and making and, sure and then interp them interpreting them. the yeah. results yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah what you know what's what's significant and and what and what isn't yeah um, anyway the software that we use has like what three or four maybe five really easy to understand reports and they're sort of very, I like them because, well, we like the software because we can, I can, I can run enough reports to see what the software and understand what the software is doing, but I can also run some simple reports to show my clients so that they understand what the, what the, what the outputs are, what the result is. So, um, so anyway, I don't want to harp on that too much. Again, there are, there are financial planning tools available for uh, individual investors, not, and you don't necessarily have to work through an advisor to do your own, I guess, light version anyway of financial planning. There's lots of, um, you know, you could Google financial planning. I guess you could Google financial planning software. I didn't do that before the show and I would really not do that on my own. So, um, yeah, I mean, the ones that come up are basically, well, the one came up that I went to was, you know, top five software programs used by financial advisors, okay, that's which, advisors. which, which yeah, may be different yeah. than, you know, uh, an individual. Yeah, like some of the larger name custodians or financial companies, if you go to their websites, they will they will have a tool on their website where you can, um, you know, t uh, I don't know what they would call it, you know, uh, you know, make sure you're on track for retirement or, or something, some, some sort of a click button like that would lead you to like a light version of the software. Um, and I think in certain situations, those can be pretty powerful. Like if someone is... Um, I don't know, 30 years old and they just want a quick gut check on, you know, I'm, I'm putting 8% of my money into my 401k and I'm doing the Roth, you know, contribution. Am I on a decent track for my future? And, you know, if it's so kind of simple questions like that for someone who might be on the younger side and they're just looking for a real quick, 
uh, gut check and they don't want to have to pay an advisor for a full financial plan because, you know, at, at younger ages with, you know, simple lives, um, you know, maybe, maybe you don't need to pay for that service at that point in time anyway. Um, and so I think that they can be pretty powerful just for quick little gut checks and someone not looking for like a real detailed or, or, or relationship with an advisor at that time, but just looking for a quick, hey, am I doing something sort of right? You know, that, that's, a, that's a good tool for that. Um, all right. Any, oh, I just want to... Well, wanna, just I, one other you thing. know, I just had one, you know, while talking about the, the softwares. I mean, to me, the best part about them is, you know, we can answer, you know, all these questions that clients might have that, that might seem simple or they might seem like you could just answer it off the cuff, but is not always the case. And, you know, so we can model it in the software and see how it works, you know, works with the rest of their lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Super powerful. With the, yeah. You know, you know, the biggest examples, I think you're like, you know, when do I take social security? Yeah. Uh, and, or, you know, when do I take my pension or do I take it as a lump sum versus, yep. you know, versus an income stream? And basically we can, you know, model it in the software uh, and show different different ways and see which one is, you know, really the best as it works with the rest of your life. Yeah. Which is... Incredibly powerful. Well, incredibly yeah. powerful and very and very difficult to do without the software. Right. I can, and another example I can think of is like life insurance calculations. So there's all these, you know, there's rules of thumb in the insurance world, seven times your salary, um, you know, add, you know, just add up all the amounts of your debt, not so much life insurance you should have. There's, there's rules of thumb, there's quick calculators. But to do a really detailed analysis for someone... Maybe someone is 55 years old, their kids are getting older, their debt's a little bit smaller, they're paying high insurance premiums. Maybe they haven't saved a lot of assets yet though, so they're kind of not sure, do I still need this insurance? So someone who needs a more detailed look at insurance cover, life insurance coverage I'm talking about, um, we, can, we can use the software to literally just model a premature death. And if we have, you know, so it's like a retirement plan, but we're modeling it for one person for, and if there's a premature death. So, so it's a really, really detailed way to um, answer a lot of questions that clients have if they have the time to give us some detailed information. Right. That's and, the thing. And, and, you know, another, another good one is college, you know, paying for yeah. college. Um, obviously, you know, when, you know, when you're, when your child is in you know, whatever grade or, or, or any time before they go, you don't, you don't know where they're going. Uh, so you have to, you know, you have to make some guesses and some assumptions is about, you know, what that might cost, but you know, we can make some, you know, use, you know, use certain schools as like a proxy and just as a good guess, but then show them, okay, are you going to be able to afford this, uh, you know, out of, yeah. out of cash flow? Uh, how much, you know, can you save ahead of time? If, if you need to take loans, how much are those going to be? And we can basically show them and that kind of helps them, you know, make some decisions about how much do they want to spend and, yep. and how much can they spend? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then showing them what the loans might be. And that puts a lot of things into perspective for them when you, when you really put it down in, in numbers and, and how it fits into the rest of your life. Yeah. And sometimes just seeing it on a screen makes it more real. Right. Yeah. Those are some big numbers. Yeah. Those are some big numbers. So, um, and I just wanted to talk really quickly before we take a quick break regarding sort of the evolution of this particular software technology in terms of um, like long-term financial planning software. Again, it's been around a really long time. It's been an advisor tool for a really long time. And then I would say in the last, what, five, eight years, it started to evolve as a tool for advisors. But we're going to have a client-facing component of this tool where your clients can log into their plan in your software. They have their own profile in your software and they can log in and they can, they can manipulate some numbers on their own and maybe not use the tool to its full potential, but can run some quick uh, calculations and change some assumptions, maybe reconfirm some numbers. So there's sort of this whole, um, in the in our world, there's there's this whole component of pretty much all these softwares that there's a client facing tool, and for a lot of, especially younger generations of clients, this is it's really, it's probably pretty well received by younger generations. And I actually have some older clients who and retired clients who who express interest in that and and like, you know, just them being able to be a little bit more hands on. 
um, probably like the engineering types, you know, <laughs> that want to kind of, I want to do it myself. Um, I know if I saw someone, you know, doing something like that for me, I would just want to take control of the, of the mouse on the keyboard myself. Um, I've seen that before. So it's, yeah, I know. Uh, so it's, you know, it's an advisory tool and sometimes with different softwares like advisors get to make the decision with regards to what their clients can do, what they can see um, and what they and, and what they still need their advisor for because it's, it's, hard, it's hard because you want your clients to be able to, to you know, if, if they want to do this and monkey around and, and, and do some, I don't know, playing is not the right word, but doing some modeling themselves, they should be able to. But like we talked about earlier, we don't want them to misinterpret or misunderstand and and key in something incorrectly and see results that maybe they shouldn't see if they did it correctly. So it's kind of a fine line between that. Um, and actually I was just reading an article recently that said, you know, so in the last, I don't know, five, 10 years, these softwares have evolved to be very client facing. And then I was just reading an article that was kind of saying that this particular author of this article was actually anticipating that that would shift back to the advisors. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, and maybe the reason well, being yeah, what that, was, yeah, that, was, what was the rationale? Well, maybe the reason being that, well, they, it's not as pow the client facing tools aren't as powerful, right? So they really can't do as much as an advisor can, but also it just comes back to if you're working with an advisor, don't you just want your advisor doing these things for you? And, you the, know, and, and, the, and the possibility of misinterpretation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, maybe it's a fad, maybe it isn't. Um, I always, you know, I, I'm very comfortable in control of situations. So if I'm, if I'm modeling something for a client, I want to be able to to do it because I know that I, I know my capabilities and I know that I can do it accurately. And if you're kind of releasing things to the client and you're not sure if they're going to be modeling things accurately and they're changing numbers in the software, then that can get a little bit scary. But having said that, a lot of the softwares will, you know, the advisor, the advisor's data won't change when the client is playing around, but you know, they might get a notification or something, but it doesn't necessarily override what the advisor has done. Anyway, um, so, all right. We just, we wanted to chat about, we're talking about FinTech or finding, you know, t technology in the financial industry. And um, I think it's important for people to know sort of what technologies are out there for, you know, individual investors and um, also for investors that choose to work with advisors, you know, lots of, lots of technologies on both sides, some of them overlapping. Um, and I, I just like talking about technology in general. I like researching it. I guess I actually find like less and less time to do that, but um I've enjoyed it in the, in the 15 or 16 years that I've been around. So haven't done a radio show on it yet. Hopefully it's interesting for people. Um, after the break, wanted to talk about maybe, you, you know, some more simple tools that have been around a long time, but like still might not be. Calculators yeah, or, calculators yeah. and, you know, budgeting tools and, and simple things like that, that, that are around, but people might not quite know what's available and out there. So um, we are live this morning, August 3rd in Marshfield, 781-837-4900. If anyone wants to join us on air or has questions for us, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Good morning. Back to business it is. You're listening to McNamara on Money. Educating the investors of the South Shore and the Merrimack Valley. I like that new tagline. I think that one might stick. Maybe we'll try out another one next time. Um, you can check out our new website geared towards educating investors, which is McNamaraOnMoney.com. Uh, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed and joined this morning by my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed. Um, and we are talking about financial technology. We had a fancy title for this show, The Intersection of Finance and Technology. I was also going to think, I was also thinking like the evolution of finance, of technology and finance, either one of those. Intersection. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, we are, all right, so we chatted about financial planning softwares, which is just a huge, powerful, important technology in our space and uh, the, the first one that came to mind and, and we spent a good amount of time on that and I think rightfully so. Um, I also just, you know, we wanted to talk about some of the more, I guess, simple technologies that are out there that, that people can um, utilize you know, well, budgeting tools, for example, people can utilize them every day. Some people do and some people don't. I would say less than, what, 20 or 30% of the people that we meet anyway actually utilize a budgeting tool. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. What the, yeah. 
I mean, so, you know, again, we've, we've talked about this so many times on the show, but, but the, the term budget, there really needs to be a new term for that. Um, I sometimes I'll, I'll ask my clients to do an itemization of their expenses, which <laughs> trying is trying to tr- trick them into doing which, a budget, which yeah. is like, like, just like a nicer way yeah. to say, I need you to fill out a budget yeah. worksheet or, you know, go through the budgeting exercise because that term budget just has a really negative connotation and it implies that people have to stop doing what they're doing right. or they can't spend as much or they can't have as much fun. And you know what, in in terms of long-term financial security, sometimes that might be the case, but it's not necessarily the case for everyone. And, um, but the, it, but the, there are, there are some people that need it though. And, and, and actually want it, you know, some people, you know, some people do come to us and say, I need help with the budget. Like, yeah. like they know that they have a problem and they're like, you know, I, I need to know what I should be spending on this, that, and the other thing. And, um, which is, which is not really our job per se. Um, I mean, the, the way that we kind of back into that as well, you know, you should be saving X for, you know, retirement. You should be saving X for, you know, college perhaps. Uh, you should be applying, you know, X towards, you know, debt debt payment, debt repayments. Yep. Um, you know, here are some other things that you should probably be spending on, you know, such as insurance, you know, various insurances, mm-hmm. you know, health insurance, maybe life insurance, you know, et cetera. And then it's kind of like, okay, the rest is wh- up wh- to you. whatever's left, you know, you can spend on whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and then when you kind of, kind of whittle that number down, they're like, oh, you know, uh, but, but at least that kind of hones them in on, you know, what they should be doing. And then, you know, maybe they'll reel themselves in and now they know what they can spend on, you know, yeah, the fun stuff. Even, even Well, you know, I, I mean, food wouldn't be fun stuff, but that's that's in that in that grouping. Yeah, unless, depending on. I guess if you're going yeah, out a lot, yeah. Yeah, if you're going out a lot. Yeah. I can remember earlier. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, putting together someone's itemization of their expenses is not our job or we choose for it not to be our job. But I can remember earlier in my career, I must've been in my early mid twenties, this young woman came into my office and she must've been in her, she was probably, she was a working professional. So she was out of college and she had a good job and she made pretty good money. But she came in with her mom and they came in with a like, uh, not Tupperware, but like a giant, one of those giant bins that you buy at Lowe's and it was like clear, you know? And it was a giant bin and it was just filled with bills, you know, statements and bills. And um, she had just had some bad habits in her life. She had accrued a bunch of debt. She just couldn't make sense of her financial life. She had all these bills to pay, um, you know, debts to start paying or to, to pay back. And she just walked in and said, I, I, you know, I don't know what to do. Here's all the information. I don't know what to do. And, <laughs> you know, it, I've, oh, I've always said to people, you know, I, I can help you with a lot of things, but actually putting together what your expenses are in your life is really not something that I can do. For this particular person, I said, I felt bad. I, you, yeah. know, she, you know, she made good money. She had this ability to get herself out of debt in, the, in a good situation and, and was clearly motivated, but just didn't know what to do. And I was kind of like, okay, I'll help you. This isn't exactly what I'll do, but I'll help you. Um, you know, basically she just needed to spreadsheet things and, and get on a plan to which start paying things down, which I do love spreadsheeting. So I did tell her I would help her. Um, but you know, it's just, it, unless someone, you know, and this doesn't happen in our world for compliance reasons, but unless someone gave us their, you know, their login to their credit card and their bank account, we really can't accurately help them fill out their expense itemization anyway. It's just, and, and people kind of want us to do it because we're a financial professional. You should do this for me, right? I'm going to be hiring you, right? You should do this for me. Um, and, and also because it's a lot of work and people don't want to do it. And so, but it's really not something that we can do. And again, for compliance reasons, nobody gives us their login for their credit card and, and bank accounts or financial accounts. Um, so, you know, but there are all these resources out there for people. There are software tools, you know, the big names in the industry for a long time have been Quicken and QuickBooks or Intuit, whatever QuickBooks is called now. Um, there are, 
all kinds of apps you can download on your iPad or your phone that will, um, you know, you just literally, you link up your bank account, you link up your credit cards and it will just, it'll do a lot of the work for you. These technologies are smart enough to know how to categorize certain things or they do their best anyway. And if you, um, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence here in a little bit, but but these but the technology is evolving so um, so well, I guess that you know these if if the software is incorrect the first time and you correct it and you say, oh that expense at um, the Windsor House we just went there in, in in Duxbury last night for dinner oh that expense at the Windsor House wasn't uh you know shopping it was dining out right and and these softwares are a lot of them are they're smart enough that if you correct them one time it won't make that mistake again so if you go to the Windsor house again then it will know that it's dining out right so um you know the softwares or the you know these apps that you can download a lot of them are five bucks or 20 bucks or something you can you know or you know 2.99 a month or something you you know you they do a lot of the heavy lifting for you but it's not exactly like it's on autopilot you still have to go in and make sure the categories are correct um you know it doesn't have to be perfect but there's still a little bit of work on your it's, part but yeah, there's I mean, so much out there to help people with this we've go played ahead. around with them you know personally you yeah. know in the past and um i mean there are some good ones out there that are pretty pretty robust but but you have to yeah you've got to put some work in uh especially up front as you said you got to plug in you know plug in the different categories and things like that but then yeah ongoing you got to you know check the categories and yeah so it's not you know it's not i mean it's i wouldn't say that it's hard but it does require some you know some work on your part and if you're going to make it you know make it work you just got to be able to, you know put some time in yeah there are also some, you know, people manage their finances in different ways. Some people, you know, the old envelope system of like, I get my, my paycheck comes home and it's cash, right? This is very dated, but you know, years and decades ago, you know, the pay would come home and it would be cash and you'd have the envelope set up for, you know, the mortgage and the groceries and the car payment or whatever. And you would literally just envelope it, right? And that was your budget for the month. And for a lot of people, that style still works. It, it does. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. So you're just, you know, you're, you're, you're categorizing everything f- at the beginning of the month instead of going backwards and say, okay, where did I spend my money? You're saying, okay, this is my upcoming month and this is what I can spend in these different areas. So that whole envelope system, it still works in my conversations with people. It still works for a lot of people. So it has evolved, of course, with technology from literally being cash in an envelope to different um, apps or even some banks allow you to do this. And they have tools where you can um, allocate dollars in an, you know, in a, in a hypothetical account, or you can actually separate your bank accounts and you'll have one for vacations and you'll have one for the mortgage payment. Some banks charge extra to, you know, to have lots of different accounts, but not all of them do. Um, and so there are ways for you to still operate in that way, but it's electronic, but there are definitely apps, um, out there available for you and you can, you know, upfront, you know, you know, tuck money and put it in certain envelopes and, and then it will alert you when you've spent it or you've spent too much. And so, um, you know, I, there are literally dozens and dozens and dozens. There's apps, you know, that, and I haven't played around with all of them. Um, and, you know, you kind of just have to, if you're downloading it on your phone or your iPad, you know, you just kind of have to go to the app store and, and take a look at the screens and see which one kind of feels comfortable to you. And, and start playing around with it. But you know, I get this question a lot. What what budgeting tool do you recommend? Um, and I, you know, we've tried several over the years and I found that personally, sometimes- Personally, you mean? Yeah. Right, yeah. But I find that sometimes it's just eat like the old school spreadsheet, uh, writing it down in a notebook, that's still just, it works, you know, like uh, some people get frustrated with the softwares because they're doing things they don't want it to do, or they're not understanding what it's doing, or they can't understand this report. And, um, you know, softwares can be frustrating when they don't do exactly what you think that they should do. Or maybe that's just me. No, that's uh, no I think that's a lot of people. <laughs> um, and so 
there there can be that and then if you get frustrated with it then you stop using it and it's not and it doesn't work and so um you know a lot of my clients even younger clients that i have they're still just spreadsheet spreadsheet works spreadsheets can be really powerful you can Mm -hmm. write computer programs within your spreadsheet and have it do things for you um and you know so sometimes just going back to basics works as well i have a lot of people that just carry around a notebook and they write stuff down and they try you know to hit certain targets and that works for people because putting it down on paper and writing it down and admitting that you spent it is still really powerful (laughs) Uh (laughs) and and might inhibit you from overspending yeah um but anyway i i guess i didn't want to spend too too much time on that but i ended up talking about that um a lot but but you know the 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 process of tracking your expenses and itemizing things and knowing where your money goes is just, it's so directly tied. For most people, it's very directly tied to long-term financial security. So if you go through your life not paying any attention to where your money is going, you're probably not saving enough you probably won't be able to hit whatever financial goals you have in your head. You probably won't be able to retire when you want to, and you might overspend in retirement. You know, so just those habits, um, unless you're, you know, just independently wealthy and money is not a problem, and you don't have to pay attention. But you know, I guess even even people with multi millions of millions of dollars and hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, they they can get in the habit of overspending as well because they think that the they think that, you know, the, the sky is the limit and, and, you know, they can get into problems as well. Lottery winners, for example, perfect example of, um, you know, not paying enough attention and getting yourself into trouble because you're making assumptions that you can afford more than you can. Anyway, well, the people that go through life. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, one thing you mentioned, you mentioned about goal, you know, people having goals and, you know, I think a lot, and again, this is just my personal take, but I think a lot of people probably, they have goals, you know, to do, you know, whether, whether it's to save a down payment of, you know, for, for a house, uh, you know, in, in a couple of years, or it's to, you know, save up for a big vacation or whatever it may be. Yeah. And I don't know, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't know how many people actually go and calculate what, what they actually have to do to make that happen. You know, it's just kind of if it's just kind of a fuzzy goal that's out there. Yeah. You know how you know how does how often does it actually happen? And right. I think you know using some of these tools and actually sitting down and say, okay, I need to put X number of dollars away per month to make it happen, and then just do it. Right. Uh, or else it just kind of hangs out there. And um, I yeah. think you need to figure out exactly what you need to do. You know, black and white. You know, yeah. You do some math and then and then start. And even just, and I guess what people should know is that if you put together a itemization for yourself. And I don't necessarily think that, you know, there are some people in tough financial situations that have to be really, really disciplined, right? About, about paying attention to their spending and paying down debts and things. But there's a large group of people that if you put together a budget or an itemization of your expenses, you probably don't have to stick to it perfectly and don't stress out too much if you're not sticking to it perfectly. It's just meant to be a guideline. And, and some people have enough wiggle room that if they're if they're just following this, at, like if it's just like a template and we're kind of just sticking to this, then it's better than not doing it at all. I, I think the whole process of putting together a budget and oh my goodness, I need to be on a budget, I think is very suffocating for people. But I think what they need to understand is that it's just meant to slightly change your behavior and start having you pay attention. And it's... Um, people that pay a little bit of more attention just by nature of the fact that they're paying attention will build better habits. So it doesn't, it's not meant to be the end all be all. This is what you can spend and that's it. And it's like suffocating in that regard. That's not what it's meant for. It's just meant to start building better habits and it just works. The people that pay attention, it just works. Yeah. Uh, even if it's not perfect. But anyway, there's lots of tools available for people um, for budgeting. It just depends on how you like to manage your money and and there's a solution for you. You just have to maybe spend a little bit of time looking at different softwares or different apps or trying out different things, even if it's spreadsheeting or writing it in a notebook. Um, There's lots of technologies available for people. Um, I wanted to spend a few minutes on a quick calculator that we use in our office, the Monte Carlo calculator. I think we could talk about this one pretty quickly. So we talked about planning softwares in the first um, segment of the show and sort of like the um, engine f- 
behind driving, you know, driving financial softwares is this um, statistical analysis called Monte Carlo. And I think it's the, I mean, I think it's probably the engine for all the financial planning softwares, um, or they all have a, a Monte Carlo component to them. And, and, and this is, I couldn't quote you the exact history or the development of this, but this has been around a really long time. I know it started in like the gambling industry, which is why it was called Monte Carlo. Actually, my, my understanding a, is that it was originally created to simulate outcomes of war. Uh, that's what I, that's what I read. Uh, that's what I read a long time ago. So it's a, it's a statistical analysis tool yep. and in the world of finance, it's used to vary rates of, well, in, in the world of our financial planning software, perhaps there's more than one utilization of this. Um, like when you're putting together a retirement plan for someone and you're saying, all right, we're gonna assume this person in this account is in like a balanced portfolio and maybe this account over here is in a, an aggressive portfolio and you can give the software assumptions regarding um, what is an assumed return on that investment, but then you go an, another step and you also say, well, what's an assumed standard deviation, which is a technical term for the volatility or the variability of returns in that portfolio. Based, yeah, based on that, yeah. So aggressive portfolios, will, the, the returns will vary much more significantly. Um, I would call it like an orbit, like a, like a, um, like a, if you think about an or uh, an orbit of okay. a planet, right? So a conservative. I haven't, I haven't heard this. You, you this haven't been analogy. in one of my meetings. I haven't, with, I haven't heard this analogy yet. It's because you don't sit in on my client meetings. Yeah. A conservative portfolio will have a very tight orbit, like if a moon's orbiting a planet, right? A tight, a close orbit. So so conservative portfolios, their their returns are more stable. They they you you know you'll have positive returns and negative returns potentially, but they don't vary very much from your expected average. Um, more aggressive, so that's a tight orbit. A more aggressive portfolio could have returns that orbit very far from that average. See my orbit? I see it. Here? I can he see can it. See are my you orbit? The, looking into the camera? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, we could have, you know, an aggressive, you know, all stock, even a diversified all stock portfolio could have a positive return of 30% and a negative return of 35%, you know, and, and so that's a far orbit from maybe its expected average of 10%. Um, not guaranteed, or just, just for illustrative purposes. Right. So, um, this the money which you illustrated very well yeah this is my orbit my yes. tight orbit and yeah. my not so tight orbit um so these monte carlo softwares will take into consideration variability in investment returns because when you're an investor not money at the bank not money in cds not money in fixed annuities those aren't those aren't investments in, in my for my definition so if you're an investor you will have... Well, yeah, just for example, just to explain maybe for people that, you know, for like what standard deviation is. So like a guaranteed investment, you know, something that's, you know, at the bank, for yeah. example, it, it it's standard deviation is basically zero. Right. It has no right. Va variation. It You know, so if they, tell, if they tell you you're going to earn 1% or 2% or whatever it is, there's no variation. It's always, you know, 1%. It's always 2%. There's right. no, there's no chance you're going to make more. There's no chance you're going to make less. So if we were doing planning projections for someone that had all guaranteed investments, um, we'd have to factor in variations in interest rates going forward. But if someone said, I'm gonna make 2% on my money at the bank for the rest of my entire life, and they wanted to sort of factor out the Fed you know, movement of, of interest rates, mm -hmm. there would be no reason to do a Monte Carlo analysis because Monte Carlo varies rates of return on money Within bounds that that the give with the given inputs that it, with the inputs that it's given. Yeah, I mean, really, the only yeah, the probably the biggest thing we would change in some somebody like that that all get, had all guaranteed investments would be we could just change inflation and yeah. and show them what that you know what that did because right. that that'd be right. their biggest that, their right. biggest risk right. Uh, right. would be inflation. Yeah. So this Monte Carlo tool allows you to you know put in an average expected return. Maybe it's. 8% for an aggressive portfolio or something. But any investor who has an aggressive portfolio knows that you're not gonna get 8% every year. You're gonna get 
positive 22 and then negative 5 and then 7 and then you know and then 12 so it's so you have to factor in those differences because because that variations in returns which is normal when you're an investor generates different results than the same return every single year even if and they it, average the same and this is you know you know this is something going back to you know the evolution uh, of you know financial software and that you know back in the day when people were just using spreadsheets all they could do was eight percent per year that's they, right they couldn't they couldn't do that's what, right. what this software is doing which is which was what makes it you know pretty cool that's right and i can remember having conversations with financial professionals in of, of of older generations who didn't who didn't use the software right because it wasn't around even if you are using a spreadsheet to calculate your future size of your portfolio or um you know well let's just use that example the future size of my portfolio even if you're being conservative with that assumption you s still it's still not as accurate as as utilizing variation as varying the return right so like if you're going to average eight percent for an all stock portfolio for example even if you lowballed it and called it well i'll just illustrate it at six or seven percent and i won't factor in variations and in investment trends it's still not as accurate as, do as doing the probability analysis so anyway monte carlo is just a way to calculate something you know, success of a retirement plan in our world or longevity of assets is, I guess, is a better way to say that. Sustainability of your money when you're taking money out um, or size of your money later, if you're putting money in or not taking money out or both. Um, it's just a way to calculate those factoring in market movements. I guess that's a really easy way to say it. And it's really, really sophisticated. And because technology is so incredibly fast, it's just, it's, it's, just still it's just still it's so incredible to me how quick technology how fast computers can calculate things um you know you can do it within a few seconds you know you can do a quick calculation and vary the rate of return a thousand times and in like a couple seconds you can have your results it's pretty cool yeah the you know what you know as far as i've read you know basically the the more simulations you run, you know, the more accurate it becomes. Um, yeah, that you know, makes sense. Never, yeah. never, you know, obviously it's never gonna, it's never gonna happen exactly that way because, you know, there are assumptions that we're building into the, the plan. You know, we're trying to make it as accurate as we can and as, you know, as conservative as we can. But, you know, the more projections you run, the better. Um, you know, our software has the ability to run up to a thousand, um, you know, scenarios that it basically compiles and, and puts together. And that's, you know, you know, statistically, that's you know, it's meaning if meaningful, it's you know, it's it's enough simulations to, to you know to come back. Oh, with, absolutely. You know, with a fairly, you know, a fairly accurate depiction. But it's again, it's not guaranteed because it's just, it's you know, it's the future, which is. And a thousand variations of a model with reasonable assumptions is better than one variation of right, a model, even right. if it's a conservative assumption. So one more thing on this note, and then we'll take a quick break. Um, we use. There are some people. There are some people for whom a full full-on financial analysis or full-on financial plan is like a little bit overkill and just situationally dependent or maybe they don't have the time or the inclination to get us all the information we need to do a full-on financial plan but these you you can do like a very simplistic version of a financial plan utilizing this this software so you can still do a more uh, a a pretty good analysis statistical analysis of a situation um just using this tool like we have our full-on financial planning software but then we have a little monte carlo analysis tool and it's just like it's a calculator but it has a really powerful engine and we can for example i use it most frequently to just analyze longevity of a chunk of money based on how much someone is taking out so i could have i had a client in recently who was do you have that access to that calculator i do uh, today yeah i do do you want to take a break and come back and play with it? It's super fun. I was going to say, yeah, or maybe we can even get a caller. Uh, that would perhaps. be that would be awesome yeah. if we had a caller that have, that was you know whatever age you are, yeah. which we would like to know. Um, or I guess it doesn't matter. But if you're if you're drawing money out of your portfolio and you are worried about how long it might last or curious about how long it might last. Yep. We can do a really quick analysis on that, make some assumptions regarding average rate of return, but also variability of that return, and give you a statistical 
analysis or, or, or give you an idea of how long that money might last, you know, per percent chance of it lasting so many years, for example. Um, and it's really cool and it's really quick. So it's a very, very simplistic version of a financial plan or a sustainability, or a sustainability analysis uh, of, a, of a rate of withdrawal. So if, yeah, if some, that, that's actually a really good idea. If someone has, you know, we would just need to know, um, change your name if you'd like, but if we would just need to know how much money you have, yep. how and much... And obviously you could, they could change that yeah, too. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be exact. Yeah. How much per month or per year you're drawing out roughly how, how it's invested how, so and, we could... And how old are you? And how old are you? And we could give you an idea of how yeah. long it might last. That'd yeah. be actually a great idea, Kirk. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I brought you along this morning. Huh? Um, all right. So if anyone has questions about that, we would love to get a caller. We could do some real analysis on that. I use this very frequently um, with my clients, especially, you know, older clients who are kind of maybe drawing at a higher rate than younger clients. And sometimes that's okay. Cause if you're 81 and you're drawing 10% out, it's probably okay. Right. Um, if you're not worried about, you know, leaving a pot of money for your next generation, but, um, yeah, I use it all the time. It's just really simple, quick, gives someone an idea. Okay. I might have this many years left depending on what the markets do. So it's kind of cool. So 781-837-4900 if anyone wants to join us and give us some real numbers and do that analysis. 781-837-4900. We'll be right back.